Welcome to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This week, catch player news, the minor league report, and a week in review of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, now, your host, Chris Smith. Well, good to have you aboard for week number 10 of Phillies Weekly. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Of course, Phillies Weekly at Verizon.net is our email address. Philliesweekly.blogspot.com is our homepage, and uh, today is September 9th, 2005, and uh, I'm Chris Smith along with Greg Allen this week. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm a lot better than the Phillies are doing. Yeah, that's... We're going to talk a little bit, uh, a lot, or we're going to talk a lot about the Phillies this week and the Houston Astros series where things seem to go really far downhill and things don't look good right now for them. And uh, it's going to be a rant episode because there's not a whole lot of news to report for you. Um, so not really a whole lot going on, obviously, with the, the minor league season winding down, but just a, a few points that came across this week or came across late this week on the past long to you. Uh, Danny Sandoval from the uh, scranton Wilkesbury Red Barons did win the uh, International League batting title this year. Uh, so good job with Sandoval. Sandoval was up with the Phils for, I think, a game earlier this year. I, I really don't know what the point of that was, but I do remember Sandoval getting an at-bat in a Phillies uniform earlier this year. Um, so uh, Danny Sandoval wins the batting title for the uh, International League. Also, uh, Robinson Tejeda um, received the uh, the 2005 Paul Owens Award for um, uh, some of the best minor league players in the Phillies organization, I guess you could say. Also, Chris Roberson also was a recipient of that award. Chris Roberson was actually a uh, the rookie of the year over in the Eastern League good center fielder out there for the uh for the Reading Phillies so good job to him so those guys making some noise down there as uh as the uh the minor league season comes to an end and none of the Phil's minor league affiliates actually had any chance at the playoffs as a matter of it's funny because they were uh they were actually near the top there for a few yeah. years. It seems like they have some really good players now. They're just not winning games. I don't know. I think the pitching staffs might not be so swift. Actually. Yeah, well, we I looked at the pitching staffs earlier this year and, and the pitching struggles. The, the, some of the pitchers have high year hitters though. Eh? Oh man, they got some hitters. They can score some runs, but they just get they just get out. They, they get out. They get outscored all the time. Right. And that's a problem. The pitching isn't good. Very similar to the Lancaster Barnstormers. Yeah. <laughs> I was at one of their games too this week, and it was a good time. But yeah, I think a lot of the the Phils, the Phils minor league affiliates, uh, again, we all know they can hit. It's not an issue there. It's just you know we have some spotty pitching down there that hopefully next couple years will be uh, will be improved a bit. So good job, Danny Sandoval, uh, the international league batting title. Uh, also, uh, Robson Tejeda and Chris Roberson uh, received the uh, Pope Paul Owens Award for the 2005 season. Uh, which kind of highlights outstanding minor league players. So good job to those guys, too. Also, Bobby Abreu. And you can check this out online, too. Bobby Abreu has been nominated for the MLB Man of the Year Award. And uh, Man of the Year Award goes uh, goes to a player who's nominated from each team in the Major League Baseball um, that shows outstanding accomplishments or contributions outside the sport and uh, good contributions within the team. So you got guys like, uh, you know, Bobby Abreu. Um, trying to think, I think uh, 
uh, Brian Roberts from the Orioles was up there. Oh, I, you don't hear it. <clears throat> too much about Abreu. He doesn't usually talk a whole lot, so it's good to hear that he was doing something like that and was nominated for it. Yeah, I guess Bobby's been involved with the uh, Philadelphia Action Team, which is a youth volunteer initiative administered by the uh, the Major League Baseball players. Um, and uh, that basically just works a lot. He works a lot with kids, uh, you know, and, and of course the, the Phillies Festival and uh, the ALS fundraiser, things like that. And uh, just, just a lot of kids, getting a lot of kids uh, that, that wouldn't be able to get out to the Phillies games. Bobby helps to get them out to the park. And uh, he's got this Abreu's Amigos program. Ah. And I guess that helps get <laughs> kids out. He helps raise money, too, for the community. I saw a couple weeks ago where uh, – he raised X amount of money, and uh, it, it was a good thing. They presented him, <clears throat> or they they presented him with him. They presented him an award before the game a couple weeks ago. So that was cool to see. So Bobby Abreu, and you can vote for that actually online. You go to MLB.com, and you will be see the candidates from each team that have been nominated. And of course, that gets narrowed down into six finalists, and then uh, and then I, I believe the players then vote on the finalists. But uh, you, the fan, can vote on who the finalists are going to be. So there's going to be six of them. So uh, check out MLB.com this week. We'll check out uh, Bobby Abreu. Maybe get some votes in for him. Hopefully he can pull that. Hopefully he can win that one. Well, at least somebody from <laughs> the Phillies will win something. <laughs> Speaking of winning, the Phillies didn't do too well this week. Uh, they are in the midst of a what a four-game losing streak as we speak, and the five-game losing streak as we speak. That number just keeps going up and up and up. It's hard to keep track. It is after a while. I'm going to take a quick ID break, and then we're going to talk a lot about uh, Phillies Nationals, Phillies Houston. And uh, I don't want to get into the games as much as just talk about what went wrong and what needs to go right next time around. So I'll take a quick ID break. Me and Greg Allen will be right back. Hold on. Baseball. This is Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, PA. Now your host, Chris Smith. Welcome back to Phillies Weekly, week number 10 here. I'm Chris Smith along with Greg Allen. How you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I was lost in thought. You were lunching again. I was lunching. (laughs) I was not supping. Week 10 of Phillies Weekly, uh, this, uh, of course, uh, September 9th of 2005. We'll cover uh, the whole week here, We're going back to September 2nd, back through the Labor Day weekend. And uh, it was just kind of a frustrating, you know, week here for the Phils. And uh, last Friday was the only game of the week that they won. They won big over the National 7-1. to um, David Bell had his first career Grand Slam. Uh, it took him 126 at-bats with the bases, bases loaded. 126 chances with the bases loaded wow. before he got a home, before he uh, got a home run. I can't say that I'm shocked as a, he's hitting 246 with eight homers. <laughs> so, you know. No, not, not, not David Bell. Not, not, not home run David Bell. <laughs> well, <Not> anyway, Captain <laughs> Clutch. <laughs> yeah. He's more like Captain Crunch. So David, Be- David Bell does a good job. One last Friday, and he gets he gets his first career grand slam, and uh, he gets he, the Phils win seven to one. And uh, Vicente Padilla did a great job, six innings pitched. He just gave up four hits, one earned run, two walks, two strikeouts. So uh, Padilla did a good job last Friday, held the Nationals down. Abreu had a couple RBIs. Jason Michaels was three for five. 
Aquilina Lopez and Jeff Geary finished off the game, and Mike Lieberthal's had an, an RBI to keep his uh, hitting streak going. It's up there, I think, like uh, 12, 13 games now for Mikey. Hey, you'll, you'll, I, I, I got to say one thing. my pessimism, but um, <laughs> he is hitting 255, correct? Yes, yes, but I think his average has gone up considerably since he switched to those lighter bats. And you, you weren't here last week, but no, uh, no, I talked I about uh, Todd Pratt swings a very light bat. I forget the exact weight, but it's not... Uh, that rhymes. <laughs> but I, I, I forget the exact weight, but uh, Todd Pratt swings a very light bat. Stop that. Uh, apparently <laughs> that he... You're that, doing it on purpose now. <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose now. But uh, Mike uh, Lieberthal tried out some of these bats, and apparently that worked well for him. So ever since he's he switched to these light bats... Uh, Lieberthal has been able to, I guess, get around the ball quicker, and he's been able to get some more hits. His, his average has gone up like 15 points or something in the last in this hitting streak. I mean, he's well, gotten some RBIs. He's gotten some uh, multi-hit games going for him. Apparently, his old bats also had holes in them, <laughs> and the ball just seemed to be going through them. Well, they, they say the old bats are like Swiss cheese. Yeah, I think that's why. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's mice in the he dugouts. Might have termites or something in his bats. <laughs> They like they look like uh, you, ever, you ever see those those big paddles. <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's things you just you know lap <laughs> someone on. Was yeah. swinging for uh, three quarters of the year. It was a big. Uh, you know, maybe if you're hitting two thirty eight, you you don't wait till August to, <laughs> to make a decision to, to, like to that. say, hey, maybe <laughs> I should try something different. Well, well apparently he kind of stumbled upon this by default or by mistake, I should say. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, well, I agree. You know, maybe you should have thought earlier. You should have made that mistake a lot earlier. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, good good for Levy. He needs he needs that though. Well, hopefully that's something that'll continue because we talk a lot about David Bell and Mike Lieberthal at the bottom of this line, but now now Lieberthal hasn't been playing every day, and I don't know what the situation is there. They, they, uh, I I thought his knee was getting better, but. Todd Pratt's been getting a lot of starts, and he's been getting a lot more playing time as of late. I'm just wondering if his knee isn't starting to act up again, and he's going to struggle with that. I don't know. With Mike Lieberthal, you never know, it seems. Uh, he, he starts to hit well, and then he doesn't start baseball games. So I don't know. Is it the knee, or is it just because Charlie Manuel wants somebody else in there? I don't know. So the Phillies do a good job last Friday. Friday, September 2nd, uh, they win that game 7-1. But uh, the next two games on Saturday and Sunday, what can you say? Saturday game, they came back. Actually, they were down early. Um, they came uh, They came back and tied the game in the ninth inning off Chad Cordero. But, of course, they lost in 12 innings on Saturday by a score of 4-5 to five to the Nationals. And um, Phillies had their opportunities. They left the bases loaded in the 5th, 8th, and 11th innings. And uh, they leave uh, 10 on base, 6 are in scoring position. Doesn't win ball games. Should have been another blowout. Should not have been 4-5. to five. It should have been something like 10-5. to five. Not going to get it done. No. It's not going to get it done, buddy. Not when they uh, – yeah, the bases loaded three times. Uh, they're just – you know, they're just picking a really – I shouldn't say they're picking. They haven't done that all year, but they, they're not going to win if they don't pick those guys up and, you know – I know I'm the negative half of this broadcast team, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I don't see it changing in September. But Well, see, that, that's the thing, too, because just like you said, uh, we were looking at the runners and scoring position stats earlier this year. They, they weren't looking bad. They were looking okay. But as time went on here after the All-Star break, you see, you see stuff like eight, nine, ten guys left on base. 
you know, and at least half of them are left in scoring second or third, scoring position. I mean, no, you're not going to win games. And yeah, especially you have an opportunity in the 11th inning last Saturday, bases loaded one out, Rollins and Lofton both ground out to end, to end, end, the, uh, to end the 11th inning threat. So, no, you know what? You're, again, games should have been 10 to 5. 8 to 5, 9 to 5, and still, instead the Phils lose 5 to 4. Now, they, they stage a great comeback against Chad Cordero. They did a good job with him. Um, of course, uh, Ryan Howard uh, error in the 8th inning led to two unearned runs. Uh, Udi Brito pitched well, okay. He went, got through four innings at least. Uh, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. So, uh, you know, the errors kind of killed the fills. The runners left on base kind of killed the fills. And uh, speaking of errors, that comes back and bites them later in the week. And now the fills, their fielding percentage is starting to go downhill. And they're now tied with the, the fewest errors in the NL, 72, with the Braves. And that they used to be well out in front. In that category, they used to be they used to be leaps and bounds above everybody else in fielding percentage and uh, the most the fewest errors in the National League. But this week has just completely turned around, and these errors aren't just you know your your normal standard errors. These errors end up causing runs to score. Well, you know, I guess you can look at it this way: they they really haven't had a big lapse in their defense like they have in previous years. And no. Unfortunately, with the famous Philadelphia timing, it couldn't have happened at a worse uh, juncture. <laughs> and it did. Yes. <laughs> and it so, did. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to speak like it's, oh, it's all over. Phillies don't have a chance. And, you know, Wagner was talking about that. You know, it's not devastating. But, unfortunately, with this team, it has been devastating. You know, uh, demoralizing losses... They have a hard enough time having any confidence in each other and, and finding the ability to win as it is, and that's going to be demoralizing. And it's tough to, to, but it's so easy to feel negative when you're a Phillies fan because you've seen it so many times yeah. and you just see it happening again. You just would love to see it turn over and change. Well, but. see, that's the, that's the tough thing too because you said about the players, you know, about the players, and I kind of we talked about that the other week when you were here, and I kind of disagree because it seemed like the it seems like the players to me are kind of all in this together for once. I mean, from the comments that I've seen, the comments I read, everyone knows what needs to, needs well, to be done. Well, and, 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 and there's no, you, you know. there's no need for a closed-door meeting at this now point, which is a good Now they're just not good thing. enough. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> that <laughs> might be great. They may all have be behind each other, but obviously somebody's not doing something. Right. And and the frustrating thing is, Greg, I think especially with the uh, w- with these losses is, you know, you look at some of these numbers and, the number, and, and, and you look at stuff with runners left on base. So it... You get so many guys left on base. Some of them are left in, in, in running in, in scoring position. We know we can get guys on base, but you can't score them. That's well, the frustrating thing about these that's losses. I'm talking about this camaraderie thing. I'd rather have them hate each other and knock each other <laughs> in. You know what I mean? It's just not happening. They're not doing it. They haven't done it all year. They're not doing it at the most critical time, and that is the reason, yeah. aside from the blown pitching that has plagued them in recent games that is going to keep them from doing it. And I, I guess everybody that listens is probably like, this guy's not a Phillies fan, he's negative, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But I am a Phillies fan. That's why I'm talking about it because we need to change. We need some players that are going to do that. I wanna, I'm want i the first one in line. I want to cheer the Phillies more than anybody. But it's so hard when they have the same core of players that does the same thing every year. Well... That can only change with one person. That's Ed Wade. We'll get into him later, maybe. We have time. Trader Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, to round out that national series on Sunday, September 4th, Phil's lost that one also. Uh, the final score there was 6-1 to one Nationals win. Uh, Gavin Floyd kind of got a spot start there. Of course, Corey Lytle was still in the DL, so he missed a start. Uh, Gavin Floyd didn't actually pitch bad. He gave up two three-run home runs. That was the end of him, but he did get through six innings, six hits, three earned runs. Um, well, he, he gave up one of the three-run home runs. Pedro Liriano gave up the other one. Gavin Floyd, three earned runs, just one walk. He had six strikeouts on the day, Gavin Floyd. So that was that's a good thing to see for someone who really struggled earlier in the year. Yeah, he's just not ready yet. That's no, he's not. No. I think he's going to be good, but he's got to get his head right. He he's, does have he, to get his head he's, right. He's, his problem, well, I mean, <coughs> obviously besides him not being able to get the curveball over, yeah. but he's got to get his head right because you could tell he was frustrated out there. Yeah, and especially when we saw Gavin Floyd try to make a bid at the starting rotation earlier in the season when Padilla was out with it, with that injury, and that didn't work out at all. And then they kept him around. They kept him in the bullpen, and they, they had some bullpen uh, situations for him, and that, that, that really did him well, in, Well, he's, he's like the other Phillies rookies. He only needs about six more years worth of seasoning. <laughs> he'll bring him up when he's about 26 or 27, and he'll be ready then. Right? But then he's going to have an injury. He's going to hurt his elbow or his shoulder is going to be hurting. Yeah, and he'll well, be out for half the year. Just notice the trend of Phillies rookies and their ages. <laughs> is that a la Randy Wolf? A la, like, everybody. You mm, never you noticed go. it. <laughs> Howard's 26. Yes. Utley's 26. And the Phillies, I, you know, I think they have a clause that, you know, if a, if a rookie comes up and he's 30, they don't have to pay him as much. So <laughs> that, that must mean that, that's why A.J. Hinch is up right yeah, now. Yeah, because he's 30. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's they don't have to pay him as much. They could have brought up... Um, Oh, what is their other well, they have catcher? They, oh, well, they have they have. Well, I was going to say Randy Ruiz, but he's well, uh, Carlos Ruiz. Well, he's young. Yeah, well, Carlos. Well, they could have brought him up, but he's too young. He's not thirty yet. Yeah, he's not thirty yet. Well, Clay so Condry, they just released. Well, he was twenty nine. I should have hung on to him. No, I thought I thought he was close to thirty. There you go. He was close to thirty. Well, he's twenty nine, so. so he wasn't seasoned enough. <laughs> So they released Clay Condry, too. I mentioned that, too. They released Clay Condry this week. That'll be vital. Yes. Obviously, he did not play into the, the into the uh, future plans of the Phils. So we'll see where he ends up. But let's, uh, uh, let's move this on to the train wreck that is the Astro Series, Chris. <laughs> what do you think? Wait, what do you say? That's a great idea. Before I move on, I want to say Esteban Loaiza struck out 11 Phillies on Sunday. That tied a career high for him. He really pitched a great game, too. He just really shut the Phils down. So, Phils lose 6-1 on Sunday. And they only win one game out of that national series. And they go back home, and, and the Astros are, are waiting for them on Monday evening at Citizens Bank With Park. baseball bats and chains. Yes, evidently, they were, yeah. they got beat up. And uh, Andy Pettit had, the, uh, had the, uh, the, 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 the steel knuckles, the gold knuckles on. He was ready to go. Andy Pettit pitched great on on, uh, on Monday. Five and two-thirds, three hits, no one runs, five strikeouts. Uh, Brett Myers, actually Pettit left, I think, in the six. He got hit on the foot with a Brett Myers infield grounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had to leave early in that game, or he may have been in much longer. Uh, his foot had started to swell up. Brett Myers started for the fills, and... Um, Brett went through seven innings, five hits, four runs, one walk, six strikeouts, and a home run. Uh, so Myers got in trouble in the first inning and gave up all the runs the Astros would need in the first inning. 
He's been um, doing that a lot lately. Yeah, he's he's having those single innings like Lieber has. Like John Lieber will go through and he'll have that one inning. Yeah, but now Lieber's pitching lights out. Yeah, hmm. yeah it's on the other Inconsistency, side. Inconsistency, Chris. It's it is what's killing the Phillies. And you have a guy like Padilla who has a who has a stellar outing against uh, against the Mets, um, and then he comes back or a stellar outing against the Nationals, and then he comes back and uh, he struggles against the Astros, as we'll see. You know, later. I gotta say, ultimately, I don't think the Astros will if they make if they actually do indeed win the wild card race, I don't think they're going to advance because their bats are very much like the Phillies even though they got a guy like Berkman and Biggio. I don't think they have enough because you notice like what the close yeah. games that they're playing with the Phillies and the Phillies can't hit you know, <laughs> consistently. I don't think that they're going to make it past but no, it, I, the, the pitching is what ca- is carrying them. We talked about that before. You know, we, did, pitching, we did talk a lot about pitching. Pitching's carrying them and it carried them through this series but actually it was the lack of Phillies pitching that ended up ultimately killing the Phillies here. It, it was. I mean for the most part. Well, yeah for the most part. We'll see a lot of these times in, in, uh, in these games where when the Phillies had chances to score, they got something out of it for the most part. And so, yeah, you're right, Greg. You know, you have a lot of pitching issues here going on with the Phillies in this in this series. And uh, well, Monday night, um, final score: Astros four, Phillies three. And uh, the Phillies came back in dramatic fashion again. Um, again, like we said, the uh, the Astros got all their runs in the first inning. Uh, it was a Lance Bur- Berkman home run. Um, a three-run Lance Berkman home run in the first inning. There was also, um, I believe, um, an RBI single mixed in there in the first inning. So Astros score all four in the first inning. And then finally in the seventh inning, the Phils wake up, start getting runs on the board. Uh, four straight singers, singles off Chad Qualls in the, in the seventh inning. Um, and Mike Gallo would also walk in a run. Um, Bases loaded at one point in the seventh inning, and uh, Howard strikes out for two outs, and then Michael Tucker comes in to pinch it for Jason Michaels, and Tucker would ground out to end the inning in the seventh. This is where the, one of the, some of the big controversy comes in this week with some of these moves that Manuel's making. Okay, you have um, you go to the seventh inning. Chad Qualls is in there. Mike Gallo would eventually come in, um, I think, to finish the inning. Um, I believe. Or no, Dan Wheeler would come in. There's like three pitchers in this inning. Started out with Qualls, went to uh, went to lefty Mike Gallo, went back to righty Dan Wheeler. You get their bases loaded with two outs, and you pinch hit Michael Tucker for Jason Michaels. So you have you, so you have a lefty against a righty uh, situation. Make a whole lot of sense to you? I don't know. Michaels was already with something like three for five already in the game or something like that. He already had a, a bunch of hits. He can hit lefties or righties just as well as he can hit lefties, I think. Put Michael Tucker up in there, and Michael Tucker has one hit in his last six at-bats. Good idea. I mean, when uh, the thing that my point I think I'm trying to get across here is you, you'll see this happen over over this Astros series is when the Phillies have, chance, has, have chances to really get more runs on the board, they only get one or two combination of events you know it really it's a combination of events it's misguided coaching it's inconsistent pitching it's inconsistent inability to get the clutch hit it's all this it's all a recipe for disaster my friend <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster and it tastes bad going down <laughs> so the Phils have that chance in the seventh inning and, and like you said Greg it's just uh you know, do you put Michael Tucker in there? I, I don't know. You know, do you, to me, you, you leave Jason Michaels in there. He's already having a good night. Uh, so what if he say? Uh, he, he, if you think Michael Tucker has a better chance of hitting a, a right-handed pitcher, 
Well, I mean, you could put anybody in there, and they might have a better chance hitting a left-handed pitcher. It doesn't matter. I don't think Michael Tucker was the answer in that spot. Seventh inning is over. Phil's kind of um, Phil's kind of uh, come back in the ninth inning and kind of get to Brad Lidge a little bit. Uh, Kenny Lofton singles. He advances to second on a throwing error. Uh, Shane Victorino would advance Lofton to third on the ground out. Lofton would then score on a wild pitch to Ryan Howard. Now all this stuff, all this whole thing starts over again. Lidge get, continues to get himself in trouble, and there's more controversy here uh, because Lidge would then turn around. He would walk R- Ryan Howard. Matt Cato would pinch run for Ryan Howard. Jimmy Rollins doubles down the right field line. So now you have Rollins on second. You have Matt Cato at third. There are two outs with two runners on in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Phillies are down by one run. And who does Charlie Manuel send up to the plate? Babe Ruth. Not quite. Wrong answer. Well, maybe in, in his mind he's Babe Ruth. Andy Chavez comes up in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs, two men on. A single wins the baseball game because Rollins will score from is second. This clutch hitting Andy Chavez. <laughs> Chavez, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. No, this is stinky free swinging yes. Andy Chavez. Yes. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. So Andy Chavez is up there, and if you watched it, I mean, Andy Chavez is up there. He's, he's swinging the bat like a deer on ice. I mean, his feet are going all over the place. Lidge is just throwing, you know, 95-mile-an-hour fastballs and these sliders right past him. He has no, Chavez has no idea what's going on. So it brings up more controversy. What the heck is Charlie Manuel doing? What's he thinking? He doesn't know how to manage in the National League. I, I'm not going to blame this season on the manager. But it's not helping. Let's put it that way. He's not a very good National League manager. He may have been a really good American League manager. He is not a very good National League manager. And that's not costing the, the Phillies this race if they lose it in eventuality. But it's just going to be another straw that... Well, not the straw that breaks. It's going to be another facet of it that puts the Phillies under if they lose you know and I don't want to sell them short yet of course they could come back and win this thing but you know that's going to be it's just going to be another part of the the collapse if it happens well and, and all those things together that's a good point um and and, and th- these are moves right here which kind of sh- show me or make me kind of start to wonder you know what what is Charlie Manuel thinking what what is why is Andy Chavez up there but if you go back to some of the moves you know a lot of people have would say well why wasn't Ryan Howard put in well Ryan Howard you know was was brought in to pinch hit for Brett Myers in the seventh inning with the bases loaded one out again going back when you have situations when you have chances against the Houston Astros like in the seventh inning you have the bases loaded and there's one out you gotta go for the kill then you can't save someone like Ryan Howard to the later innings uh, because it's probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. It may not have done you a whole lot of good in this situation. So you have seventh inning, you have bases loaded, you got to have a hitter up there. Ryan Howard goes up there with one out, and I think he strikes out. So was that the answer to keep, save Ryan Howard to later innings? No, it wasn't. So you have Andy Chavez off the bench, and Charlie Manuel just basically will defend his move. Um, the, the reason why he put Chavez in there over Todd Pratt or maybe a Ramon Martinez he wanted a lefty to face the hard-throwing righty. Obviously, Brad Lidge. And uh, Joey Manuel said he liked Chavez's chances of putting the ball in play. Uh, he felt the same way about the decision a day later. 
So Charlie goes on to say, when Lidge is on the mound throwing 90 mile an hour sliders, he eats righties up. We needed a base hit there, and Chavez puts the ball in play. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I couldn't have done much different to get Howard up on the righty in the seventh. So all those things considered, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe somebody else should have been up there. Again, you go back to the comment you made earlier, Greg, about the players. Charlie Emanuel's trying to put, do the right thing. Maybe get a lefty up there against a, uh, against a hard-throwing righty. But the people off the bench, like Andy Chavez, is not the right person to have up there in the ninth inning if you need a lefty bat. Just not the right person to have up there. So, again, coming down to players right there. So Monday's game is over. Phil's lose that one. Going on Tuesday, Phil's lose again, this time 2-1. to one. But, uh, again, the, the, the difference here is John Lieber and Roy Oswalt almost go number for number. As a matter of fact, I think Oswalt maybe pitched a little bit worse. Uh, Lieber went seven innings, gave up five hits, uh, just one earned run. And uh, the only run was a Craig Biggio home run. Oswalt went eight innings, gave up six hits, gave up one earned run, a Howard home run in the fifth. Three walks for Oswalt. Eight strikeouts, though. And um, Phil's leave nine on base and six were in scoring position. You have a pitcher's duel going on here. It's tied until the later innings, until the ninth inning. And Billy Wagner comes in to uh, to try to save the baseball game. And he walks. Um, he walks Lance Berkman. Eric Bruntlett comes in, steals second, steals third, and is singled home by Mike Lamb, and the Phils can't get another run on the board. Um, when does Billy, someone like Billy Wagner need to sit back and say, I'm not holding runners on very well? He knows he doesn't hold runners on very well, but when does someone like a Billy Wagner come in and say, what do I need to do about this? Because you just had a runner go from first to third and then score on a bloop single. Got to do a better job, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... Let's see. When your pitchers pitch and your hitters don't hit, and then your hitters hit, and then your pitchers don't pitch, are you going to win? Probably not. That's the way I see it right now with the Phillies situation. So the Phillies leave lose Tuesday's game 2-1, uh, to one, and uh, four-game losing streak as of Tuesday. Um, two against the Astros, and those last two against the Nationals. So you move on to uh, Wednesday, and a uh, high-scoring affair. Um, Padilla pitches not that great. Five, five in the third innings, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks. Uh, final score, 6-8, to eight, Phils lose. Uh, pretty much all the action happening in that ninth inning. And it was Billy Wagner against, uh, well, Craig Biggio. And a three-run home run by Craig Biggio in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, after Billy Wagner got the first two batters out, uh, David Bell commits an error on a Luis, Fis- or a, a Luis Vizcaino uh, grounder. If if Bell makes that play, the inning's over. Uh, Jose Vizcaino? I say Luis. Uh, I may have said Luis. Jose Vizcaino. Does it really matter at this point? Who beats the Phillies, Chris? It could be Luis. It could be Jose. It could be Joe Vizcaino. Next week it's going to be the Jones boys, I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We're not talking about Indiana. (laughs) Uh, We might as well. Yeah, the uh, (laughs) David David Bell commits the air with two outs against... um, 
against Jose Vizcaino. So, I mean, in a situation like that, who do you who do you blame? I mean, you have Billy Wagner who gives up the the three run home run to Craig Biggio, but that never happens if David Bell makes the last play of the inning. You know. Yeah. Oh, I think we were saying earlier that you you do, you could put the blame on one of those guys, but I say the blame falls squarely on the entire team. I think you have to say at this point, yeah, all right, Bell made there. All right, Wagner gave home individual problems, but it's just it seems to be like a team malaise, you know, and I, you got to I know other players are pulling their end and in Picking up their uh, part of the bargain and doing all the things they're supposed to be doing and trying hard, but it's just ultimately you, you can't point a finger. You can't say, oh, Mitch Williams cost us the 1993 World Series. We didn't. You know, there's so many different variables there. Yeah, he, he made the ultimate mistake. So, you know, it's not even worth pointing a finger at this point. Point it at the entire roster. <laughs> we we talked about some of the moves that the Phillies made earlier in the week, and uh, the Phillies, like we said, we, the Phillies kind of came back here uh, in the eighth inning. They kind of came from behind, and a Bobby Abreu two-run home run, so that had that that had some life there for the Phillies. Of course, um, bases loaded, one out. Michael Tucker pinch hits for Mike Lieberthal in the eighth, while Tucker grounds out. Victorino hits for Urbina. Victorino singles. Howard scores. Bell thrown out at home by a mile. Uh, you know, if, if David Bell stays in and doesn't get thrown out uh, there in the uh, in the eighth inning with the bases loaded, uh, they turn the lineup over. They give Jimmy Rollins a chance to come up and uh, score more runs. And this is what I was saying earlier. You have bases loaded in the eighth inning. There's uh, there's two outs. You have the opportunity to turn the lineup over. David Bell gets greedy, tries to score an extra run. Against a team like Houston, you have to sit back and you have to use your opportunities well. You have to use them wisely. You have another opportunity to put more runs on the board. David Bell runs. I don't know if it was a situation where uh, uh, where uh, Dancy sent him or he went on his own. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, David Bell thrown out at home plate by a mile after Shane Victorino drives in the go-ahead run. Uh, but instead of the Phillies having a chance to get more runs, uh, they are out of the inning, and then we go to the ninth inning, and we all know what happens after that. So the Phillies lose the Wednesday night game uh, by final score there of six to eight, and uh, well, you move on. You know, you move. That's that's all you really can do. You get swept uh, by the Astros, and you're in the midst of a five-game losing streak. And uh, the Florida Marlins come to town. You know, you, you got to move on. You got to keep the head up. You got to move on. And uh, as of tonight, uh, as of right now, actually, the Phils got to the Marlins tonight. They got to AJ Burnett. They got him out in the third inning and uh, scores eleven to four, twelve to six, something like that by now. And uh, hey, hopefully, you're on the road to recovery. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. And uh, this week, uh, I mean, the week coming up, uh, we were talking about this earlier. You know, the week coming up here, we have the Florida Marlins in town for for this weekend series, and of course, a big four game set as the Atlanta Braves come to town next week. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think the Phillies can, can kind of muster some wins here out of this homestand. I think the big challenge is going to be um, these two teams on the road, which the Phillies turn right around after this homestand and go back on the road for a six games or a, a three games against Florida, three games against Atlanta. So that, to me, that's going to be the big the big test. Um, oh, we'll have to see how this homestand kind of, kind of falls. I think that they fall on this on their faces in this homestand, you won't have to worry about that. I think because <laughs> there won't be a worry about the road because it'll be over at that point. I mean, I guess I'm being once again too pessimistic, but it's hard not to see things that way at this point. 
Well, that's what I was saying earlier too, because I I, I think kind of being you know optimistic here with the Phils, and I think they can pull a couple runs or a couple uh, wins here at home. Uh, against Florida and against Atlanta and uh, well especially Atlanta I mean who knows what will ever happen with them Uh, it just seems like there's a different hero every night with those guys and like I said whether they're winning or losing they figure out they figure out if they're losing they figure out a way to win if they're winning in the game they, they don't give up that lead you know you know what? I just maybe I, I thought I think I figured it out I think maybe the Phillies problem I think we can blame me because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame me because I'm so negative. Ah, there's some sort of horrible cosmic karma happening with every negatively charged Phillies fan and every positively charged Phillies fan that they're canceling out. And the Phillies just can't. I think we should blame blame well, the negative fans because we're just karma ing the Phillies to death. That's what it really is. I don't think it's a fact that they can't hit with runners in sport scoring position. I don't think it's a fact that they can't pitch consistently or their defense can't play consistently or they don't know how to win big games or that they don't know how to beat teams in their own division or that their manager isn't really managing that well or <laughs> I think but it's just bad karma. That's what I think. Okay, uh, we could do that. maybe a horoscope thing. Maybe it's yeah, one of those well, things where, where we, yeah. need to, we need to set up like a, like a hotline. You can, mm-hmm. call, you can call in and get your Phillies horoscope for the day. Or oh, not looking good. <laughs> but there again, there I go, just dooming the Phillies to another five-game losing streak with my horrible that's, karma. No, that's okay. That's okay because I, I, th- I think someone's got you. I think there's play, pr- plenty of guys, plenty of Sportscasters oh, yeah. on, on actual AM That's radio true. who has you. Yeah, I think Philadelphia Daily News. Those guys. Yeah, I think they've got me beat. Actually, yeah. if you read ever read any of their yeah. articles, I'm sure they do. I'm pretty sure uh, Howard Eskin has you beat by uh, leaves. Yeah, and well, that, I don't feel so. Well, maybe it's Howard Eskin is ruining the Phillies. Then that's what it is. It's all yeah. Howard Eskin's fault. Yeah, you know, it could be. You know, he's always been one of those. You're on WIP. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> well, he's always been one of those guys that just to, to, to speak the truth, and maybe the truth was a little too much for some people, and people, oh, whatever. It's it, it kind of irrelevant at this point right now. But uh, you know, again, the Phillies had their work cut out for him. Florida Marlins in town for this weekend set. The Atlanta Braves in uh, for a four-game set next week, and then the Phillies turn around and face both of those teams on the road. And uh, as of right now, as of Friday, September. Ninth, um, the wild card looks like this: the the Phillies are two and a half games out. Of course, uh, Houston on top. Uh, the Marlins are a half game back. Um, the Nationals are back there at four games out, and the Mets are out there at five and a half games out. Let's just say the thing I was saying about the Nationals last week too. I want to bring this up too: is Nationals kind of came alive against the Phillies. They kind of struggled the week before the Nationals did. The Nationals are one of those teams which are kind of play the uh, kind of play the hustler role at any given day they could they could start up and uh they could be right back in this thing and we saw it happen against the phillies last week it's that's an amazing thing that you know just when you think washington's out of it they win two three four games and they're right back in it i I think the mets may have uh i think the fat lady may have sang for the mets i'm not sure i think uh things might be might be through with them it's gonna Um, be close yeah no doubt it's gonna be close just a matter of who's gonna be there at the end so there'll be some key pitching performances this weekend, of course, uh, for the Phillies. Uh, Corey, Ly- or, uh, Corey Lyle did pitch tonight. Um, Brett Myers and John Lieber will also get the starting nod for the Phillies uh, th- uh, on Saturday and Sunday. They will face J- lefty Jason Vargas and Ismael Valdez. Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, series, uh, we'll keep an eye on those pitching 
uh, on that pitching rotation and see who shows up there. We know that Tim Hudson and John Tops Thompson will at least face the Phils. The other two starters we're not sure of. Hudson is actually 2-0 against the Phils this year with a 2.08 ERA. Hudson, one of those guys, too, that were in the free agent market this year, I want to bring up. And, uh, of course, could have had that guy. Could have had him. Could have had him. And, uh, could have had Tim Hudson. <laughs> could have had Tim Hudson, but... Uh, but we uh we got uh Uday Brito. Uh no offense to Uday Uday Brito. Nah, he, he pitched he, well, he, but uh, he's 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 done a he's done a he's good done job. An admirable job. I didn't mean that hey, if you're listening, I'm sure you're listening to this podcast, Ayudi Brito. Um <laughs> but I apologize uh, profusely. Uh, yeah, yeah. We could have had Tim Hudson but we got Oh, uh, I don't know, John Lieber. No yeah. offense to John Lieber either because he's pitched better recently, but I'll take uh, Tim Hudson any day. I heard a good uh, a good, uh, uh, a good remark on, on radio this week, and uh, they were talking about the Millwood trade or, or, or you know, the Millwood situation a couple years ago, and uh, the point was brought up that if the Atlanta Braves are trading a pitcher, then something must really be wrong with them. Or they're basically offering the Phillies a pitcher uh, something must be really wrong with with that pitcher because if the Braves are, yeah, they're like, here, have our pitcher. Um, <laughs> we're not you're in our division, <laughs> but yeah, he's all right. Well, no, we talk about that because because of the he, Braves. He doesn't hate Philadelphia. Yeah, we talk about that because of the the, the he, Braves' history of, of of pitchers. He's not so, cursed. Yeah, so if they're if they're w- willing to part ways with somebody, then you I think know they voodooed Millwood before they sent him up. That's what really <laughs> happened. I think they put the hex on him. They sent him into Philadelphia. No, no, they, no, or that's just a Philadelphia free agent dash trade curse, isn't it? You know, could be An excellent athlete. Be. Her performance well. And you know what? It wasn't Millwood's fault because they wanted to be a number one, and he's a number three, maybe yeah. number two. You know, uh, that's going to be that's, gonna that's be what the, the problem with Lieber is. We talked about that too. You know, he's not Lieber's not a number one guy anymore. You know, could have had Huddy. He's a number one. Oh, well, well, let's let the Braves get him instead. That's a good idea. <laughs> let's let's not do whatever it takes to try to win this division. Let's let the division winner for the past 13 years get even better. Because, oh, the Braves can't hit this year. Well, they hit every year, and they end up winning the division. I know they lose every year, but it would be nice to give them some competition for once. Yeah, that's what I was saying a couple weeks ago when the Braves were kind of in striking distance, and, and they are no longer in striking distance right now, and it looks like they're well on their way to another division title. So no one's going to catch them, I don't think, at this point. I am a negative Nancy. Yeah, I'm sorry, you are tonight, I man. I'll negative, tell you what. I, you know what? I'm <laughs> sorry. If i got to pay eight twenty-five for a pork sandwich, I expect the team to win because I'm not paying for the quality of the pork if it's eight twenty-five, I ain't paying six fifty for a beer. Because the beer is worth six fifty. Because that beer up here is two twenty five. I'm paying that because Pat Burrell is striking out. Uh, he's had a good year. I take it back. Billy Wagner is giving up game winning home runs in the ninth inning. We're paying him nine million dollars. That's why I'm paying eight twenty five for a pork sandwich. So well, I expect uh, the yeah, team to win. Yeah, but you can't. You, you, I'm sure Greg Lozinski L- L- appreciates you paying that 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 money. I'm because sure. I, <laughs> but his, let me tell you, I've had it and it isn't <laughs> worth eight twenty five. I, I think I paid part of his salary too back. Yeah, in maybe the day. I guess. I mean, maybe they're still paying uh, the Bulls' salary. I, I just, you know, it's it's tough to be positive about this team, and I want them to win more than anybody else. And people listening, like I said before, probably think, "Oh, I hate the Phillies." Probably a Braves fan or something. No, I'm a Phillies fan of the core, but you know, it's just tough to see it. If you want to impress me, win the freaking games. 
<laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> they got to win the games. It, 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 it's not easier said than done, I guess, lately anyway. That's, we're that's tough. <laughs> we're tough. Philadelphia fans are tough. Well, they we are. want results they after are. 25 years, one championship in 120-some years. Yeah. You expect results, especially with the moves that have been made or haven't made. Yeah. And uh, well, you were saying earlier, too, about some of the comments that Billy Wagner had made uh, to the media relating to the to the to the I guess I guess the the, the Philly fans and I, I I had heard some of them on the radio I don't know if you had heard more well, supposedly he was disheartened because the Phillies fans were booing them after they played well all year and then you know they were coming down on them after a, only a couple bad games and he felt that he had to make a comment about that. I don't know. I didn't read the comments. I heard it. Yeah. I don't know what he said. But if he did say that, it goes back to what I was saying. Well, Billy, we're paying you $9 million not to give up gopher balls to Craig Biggio. Yeah. So we're going to boo. I know he was saying that they booed before that. I understand that. Well, you know what? When you haven't won a championship in this long and you've got a $100 million roster, you're going to boo. And you know what, Billy, in case everybody hasn't told you, you're playing in Philadelphia. They booed Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> they did, and they almost, they, almost, they almost beat up Santa Claus. There's still they, no balls they, at Santa they, Claus. There's no balls at him down you know, at, uh, at the, the vet during the Eagles game. Yeah. Santa Claus. For God's sake, yeah, they're going to boo you, I think, if you give up a home run or you lose a couple games. Sorry. Yeah, that, that that's how it's going to go. Well, on that note... That note, I think we're gonna we're gonna head out for this uh, for this edition of Phillies Weekly, and uh, it's just it's just been kind of a nightmarish week for us uh, for for Phillies fans all over the place, and uh, hopefully it gets better again. Uh, uh, the Florida Marlins on tap this weekend, and of course the Atlanta Braves coming to town for a four game set. Uh, against the Phillies next week and uh, we'll do our best to post the pitching matchups on, on the site. Uh, philliesweekly.blogspot.com uh, is our homepage there. Um, so we'll keep checking that up. We'll have some updates as, uh, as, as the week goes on. Big thanks to Greg Allen. Thanks, thanks for joining thanks me. Thanks for having me. Sorry that I'm so negative Phillies fans yeah, and Chris, <laughs> but you know what? For every positive voice of reason, you need that little calm down to reality. Well, I'm not a really pessimistic guy that comes back down to reality, but I still love my Phillies. D- there you go. There you go. So if you have any hate mail, you can send it to philliesweekly at verizon.net. Uh, <laughs> <Hate yeah. mail. laughs> no death threats, please. Yeah, no, none of those. And, and no no anthrax emails, please. Or we'll keep everyone else to, you know, we'll keep everyone, try to keep everyone safe here. But uh, philliesweekly at verizon.net is our email address. Of course, big thanks to Jason Brewer. Uh, Jason uh, worked for, works for G-Rock, a great radio station in New Jersey. I, I, I totally forgot his plug at the beginning of the show. Uh, and Jason was at actually at the Monday night game, um, or the uh, what was it the Monday or the Tuesday game? He said he was at. I, I, I'm not sure, but he was at one of the games this week, and uh, he basically said the same things that we said. Why was Chavez, Andy Chavez, pinch hitting in the ninth inning? Why, why isn't Jim Tomey at least earning his keep and pinch hitting for this team down the stretch? You know, they're there. Well, that's he's he's out for the season. Right, right. He had well, surgery, well, right. so he can't right. really well, do the, anything the, right now. The question but. is, why? Why couldn't I, what Jason was saying? Why? Why? This is a very valid point. Why can't someone like Jim Tomey push off surgery until the off season and at least pinch hit? Because he can at least do that. He can at least pinch hit down the stretch. You know, and, and it's a good point. And you know, you just got to say, well, you know, I guess they wouldn't Tomey ready for the beginning of next season. 
Well, and they're giving up for the season. <laughs> well, I, I, I had sent an email back to Jason. I said, you know, with, with the way Tommy was swinging the bat earlier in the year, I'm not so sure I, wanted, I would want him to have – I would want him up there anyway, well, the way he was swinging. Mean, yeah, maybe, swing maybe that's what they're saying. You know, he was too injured to do anything, that he wasn't being himself, so it wasn't worth it. It's like having another Andy Chavez on a bench or right. something. Uh, only time will tell. And Jim Tomey uh, will look for his return next year. Uh, for Greg Allen, for Jason Brewer, uh, and for all of you who joined us, thanks for uh, checking out Phillies Weekly, the weekly Phillies podcast. Of course, Phillies Weekly at Verizon.net is our email. Uh, make sure you send us your emails and uh, show suggestions, things like that. Uh, we'll be back on next Friday, and uh, probably next Saturday is when the podcast will hit uh, Saturday morning. You'll be able to download them then, and uh, hopefully we'll have a lot better, a lot more news, better news to report next week so make sure you check us out there also if you get a chance this week check out the philadelphia flyers weekly.blogspot.com it's going to be the uh the new philadelphia flyers uh podcast that we have started up here uh for beyond media east and uh, me and greg allen are going to get that thing rolling here probably in the next couple days so uh make sure you check that out flyersweekly at gmail.com is our email address there for that one uh, so thanks again for joining us uh we'll see you next week have a great one and uh take care You've been listening to Phillies Weekly on WBME Broadcasting Lancaster, PA. Join us next week as your host, Chris Smith, recaps the weekly highlights, player news, and minor league scouting reports for the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball Club. Be sure to join us online at philliesweekly.blogspot.com and make sure to send us your emails to philliesweekly at verizon.net. Oh, put me in.